0: rise for their majesties of Royally
1: Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals.
0: Three cheers for His
2: Majesty the King.
1: Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And of course, as always, we're here to talk about the royal headlines of the week. Before we get into all that, follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast. Email us. We'd love to hear from you. Info at gallerypodcasts with com. Rachel, a lot on tap today, even though the Royals are a little bit quiet. I know, but I'm really
0: excited about this episode. I actually have to quickly insert some news that I just saw swipe through on Instagram. Did you see the breaking what? news? I feel like this is huge. That Johnny Thompson, the dashing equerry, got promoted. <gasps> Charles's equerry. That's like so dreamy. So
1: dreamy. (laughs) What's his new title?
0: He's senior equerry. And it's gonna, but the only downside is it's more office-based, according to the telegraph. So we might see him less, but it's higher ranking. So no. congrats, Johnny Thompson. But congrats,
1: congrats. But <laughs> I, I hope we see him more.
0: I'm like, do we throw out the rundown? No. I will share what is coming up. That was just really exciting to me. As you mentioned, the Waleses are on midterm break until October 30th, right ahead of Halloween. But we're talking about a major Tiara moment for Camilla. More Royals hitting the podcast airwaves. We are also discussing new background on Queen Elizabeth's Paddington skit at the Jubilee, Prince Harry at the Grand Prix, and more tidbits from Meghan's time, Beyonce. There's a lot coming up. I feel like the, I, I, we always call this the royal grab bag, but it really feels like that this episode.
1: And we're on the precipice of the whales is coming back and King Charles and Queen Camilla in Kenya. So I feel like we are just really about to gear up for hitting the ground running in the fall. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. But of course, to get through all that, we leave time for a royal cocktail, our royal refreshment this week. You can introduce Rachel. Well, so
0: I was thinking it would be fun because Halloween is upon us to share my friend has this annual Halloween party in Brooklyn. She is fantastic. She's a creative director. She goes all out and she dreams this up starting in like August. I mean, this is a long game oh that gosh, she plays. Wow. But she served buried Manilow cocktails, which is a Concord grape margarita. This was one of like six choices, including like some sort of kamikaze shot. Like it was it was intense. I'll send the pics to you, Roberta. We buried
1: Manilow is in berry Manilow. Yes, yes.
0: But <laughs> oh, I have to hi. tell you, so it's it's a Concord grape margarita. That she mixes up, but it has dry ice in it. So when the bartender handed it to me at the party, she leaned in close and she goes, only drink this through the straw or you will die. (laughs) There's nothing more spooky than that. I know. And then I was talking to guests at the party and they were like, no, you really will die if you put your lips to the glass and the dry ice. I was like terrified of this cocktail, but it really was ultimately spooky and I stuck to the straw.
1: Oh, my God. That's that's a it's very spooky Halloween. Yes, that's yes. a scary cocktail. Wait, can you tell me why it's called the Buried Manilow? Do you know? Because I, I think it's just a play on. Oh, it was a 70s theme party.
0: Oh, yes. sorry. sorry. Oh. I, should, I buried that lead. I buried that lead.
1: We're having a very not spooky Halloween. We're actually flying to Turks and Caicos on Saturday. It's um, I know it's Dave's birthday trip it's his annual family trip as well they always go around this roberta you are my favorite jet setter always i'm very excited for this but we really don't celebrate halloween which is a little bit of a bummer even though you know we're in the most beautiful place on earth pretty much so what are you guys dressing up as what is finn going to be for halloween
0: so we are going with a spidey and his amazing friends theme this year we are going as villains so finn will be rhino I will be electro and Matt will be Black Cat. But I will add, I'm going to give her a shout out. Our producer Judy was instrumental in my electro costume, helping oh, me, uh, helping me figure out what to wear. She's really,
1: really talented at that stuff. So, oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, she just sent us a heart in the chat. Really. <laughs> I can't wait to see photos of Finn as Spidey. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah,
0: I can't wait. All right, let's move on to the royal news. I love the Halloween chat. We got this fantastic listener email from Lara. She said, I've been rewatching season five of The Crown to refresh my memory before season six drops. Since we will be seeing the wedding of Charles and Camilla, do you think we might get an episode on Camilla's backstory? I recently read The Palace Papers by Tina Brown, and I was pleasantly surprised at the amount of Camilla content that provided an explanation for Camilla's motives throughout the years and pulled back the curtains on her marriage to Andrew Parker Bowles. She adds, I have been an avid listener of Royally Obsessed since I was on maternity leave with my son in early 2022. Thank you for a fun and informative podcast. Roberta, what do you
1: think? I really hope that they do Camilla's backstory solely for the reason that I love emerald fennel i know you do too yes oh and she played her in i think season three and four i might be getting that wrong but i know olivia williams is playing camilla in season she did play her in season five and now she's in season six as well she's such a doppelganger for camilla it's like spitting image yes really wild but yeah i really hope so those scenes with mark boland his character whoever plays him in season five were Really interesting, I thought. I know. I told I I'm so curious what
0: is going to be covered in the new season, both yeah. parts. I also am wondering, are you gonna try and rewatch Like Lara?
1: Oh, from season one? Yeah.
0: Oh I don't have time for that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, know. I, I really probably want will to rewatch.
1: I mean, I would love to. I actually did start rewatching it last year with Dave, um, because he hadn't seen it. And so we got to season three, I think. So maybe I'll start where we left off. Yeah. We kind of like you know, other shows came up and we switched gears. But I w- I would like to see those scenes again from season five of the rehabilitation work that they're doing toward Camilla's image. So I, I think I, d- I will watch season five. Definitely. Okay. Maybe season four as well. I'll what about to, you? I'll try to join you. I'll try to okay, join you. Good. We can keep openly committing it. here. Yeah. Maybe we should j- have our audience join in. We'll yeah. keep each other updated on Instagram or something. Okay. Tell us if you think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't We're know. We're spitballing maybe no one right now. Care. Yeah. <laughs> And now, This Week in Royal History. Are we ready for This Week in Royal I'm History? i this about is This is a fun one. Yeah, this week is one we haven't done before. So flashing back to October 24th, 2008, a 26-year-old Prince William and a 24-year-old Prince Harry returned from their 1,000-mile charity motorbike tour. It was an eight-day off-road road trip through Africa, along with 80 other bikers. They were traveling about 100 miles a day to complete this rally. They were reportedly inspired by actor Ewan McGregor, who biked across some of the roughest terrain in the world in the TV series Long Way Down. It's funny. Harry actually mentions Ewan McGregor in his memoir, Spare, when he talks about, I don't know if you remember this I don't character. remember this. Jamie Lothar Pinkerton, JLP, who was at the time the brother's private secretary. He's the man who led Ewan McGregor's trip. So there's this kind of weird parallel. JLP is on this trip with Harry. He's, he is like Marco's replacement. Oh, got it. Marco, yes, I remember Marco. Who's a good friend of the prince's and also their, you know one of their private secretaries. JLP is also the person who secretly gave Harry those photos of Diana's car crash in the envelope. He was in a private room at Kensington Palace. He like knew that JLP had removed a lot of the more grisly photos of Diana. So just a really close person to these people and kind of helped inspire this. So there's a Sky News interview. of the brothers before they leave on their trip. So this is eight days prior to when we're talking about. They're in Port Edwards, South Africa. It's at the start. The quote that feels most telling is Harry saying, oh, sorry, let's play the clip and then I'll talk about it.
2: (laughs) Um, And it's something that people forget about a lot of the time. I mean, we never really get to spend any time together, as I'm sure most of you know. Um, We've both got sort of separate jobs going on at the moment. We never get to spend any time. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun. Well, I don't know yet. Yeah, we'll have to see. We might argue. We might have a bit of fun. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. The first stop, down on the beach. But things will get much tougher from here. A thousand miles lie ahead in this Enduro Africa rally, and most of the journey will be off-road and over rough terrain. By the sounds of things, by the, 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 sort of the, the talks that we were given last night, um, went to bed shaking, didn't sleep that well. Um, but yeah, it's not just a, a bimbo across the countryside, that's for sure. It's going uh, can be very challenging and expecting to fall off many a time every day. We both ride um we both ride bikes at the moment on the road, but on road biking is nothing compared to this. All the off-road stuff is, is up hills, down slopes, across rivers and it's all rocky and hilly. It's gonna be good fun So who's the better rider? <laughs> we'll both argue that. <laughs> I'd well, say see in a couple of days' yeah. time. And this is them out on the road, Harry giving a wave for the cameras as he goes past. They do have royal protection officers with them, but otherwise, the princes are trying to blend in
1: with the crowd of 80 other riders in this rally. The helmets are a good disguise. The interviewer goes on to say that royal protocol seems to be out the window for this trip, and Prince Harry is taking full advantage. That totally fits what I feel like we know now.
0: I know. I was wondering with the motor, like the Royal Protection Officers, are they in cars though, right? Like I feel like that would no, be... No, I think they're on bikes.
1: I mean, h- how are you prepping for that role? You're just like, so
0: rugged that you can just hang and do this along with the brothers. It's fascinating. I guess be-
1: uh, yeah. And I guess there were some really famous motorbikers on this trip as well. So there was a lot of security. Like out of those 80 bikers, I think probably more than half were security just because of how... How precious their cargo was, if you want to call it that. So <laughs> very precious. They actually raised half a million pounds for children's charities in Africa, including UNICEF and Prince Harry's own charity, which was very fresh at the time, Bale. I thought this quote, though, from the Daily Mail was really funny because of this is kind of framing the reporting around the brothers at this time in their early to mid 20s. The Daily Mail writes, far from their favorite London night spots, bougie and whiskey mist, where a round of cocktails can cost 400 pounds. William and Harry have lived on 20 pounds a day pocket money. At night, there were parties around the campfire until the early hours with cans of local beer down by the royal group. They can't help but slip in that club mention, of course. It's just all people can talk about with William and Harry at this time. It's very fitting for the time period we're in. There's really no mention of this motorbike trek, which is a thousand miles, eight days long. It's one of the only trips that Harry and William go on together in spare, which I thought was such a big question mark for me. Why did he leave this out? And I know that, you know, we know J.R. was said there was a lot left on the cutting room floor, but I was so curious about that.
0: Yeah, just because it seems like this would be a huge bonding moment for them just being out in the wild together in the wilderness of, and, and and going through something like this. I immediately thought of the comments that Harry made in spare about William's take on him kind of doing Sentibale and Africa charity work. And he said, Africa is my thing. You can't have it. That was what Mm -hmm. I thought of when I was watching that interview. But in that interview, if you watch the full thing, which is on YouTube, uh, William acknowledges that Sentibale is a really big thing that Harry is doing.
1: Yeah, he's very diplomatic about it and very diplomatic about his answer about who's the better biker, even though it's very much William because he's been biking his whole life. He doesn't even say that. He says, you know, Harry's actually a little bit better. Harry's had just taken up motorbiking like the year before. So I don't think he would have been better than William and William, we know still owns like Ducatis and stuff. So he's still doing this, but it was really interesting. I think to hear, you know, Harry say to and reiterate that they hadn't spent much time together. before I know. this. I felt
0: that longing for them, like watching this video. I was like, gosh, this seems so fantastic. And you and I always talk about the sibling relationships. Like it is rare as you get older to have that time together, especially for them on different paths. So I bet it was really momentous in their lives. I know they were with a lot of other people though so who knows how much they actually got one-on-one time but it is curious it was left out of spare
1: yeah really curious i would love to read maybe the the unpublished chapters <laughs> part two <laughs> yeah just a quick transition though to update we saw prince harry actually this weekend he was a vip guest of mercedes at the formula one american grand prix in austin texas he was there with BetterUp ceo alexi robishow he had quite the suntan. Harry, protect that skin. Are we I just calling went it a to tan? the dermatologist. Burned, a sunburn. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just at the dermatologist yesterday, so I'm like very conscientious. Going into a, a vacation week too. I'm just I, I need know to you know one of so our our
0: beauty editor Jenny Jin at Pure Wow has one of the best sunscreen tips that I now do religiously oh, every day me. is not just put it on your face but on the backs of your hands. Mm, I think that that's, that's kind where of we show age. Yeah. A lot. yeah, I think that that's kind of a fun one, and I always well, just use the excess and put it on there.
1: My derm told me to wear like long sleeves and big hats, and I was like, I cannot wear long sleeves and turks like on the beach. It's just so hard yeah. to do. So the bigger the hat, I think, will help. Bigger me, the hat much protection from the higher sun, the but... SPF. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Moving right along. We have, like I said, a grab bag of news this week, but we want to talk about something that happened last week, which was Camilla and Charles stepping out ahead of their Kenya visit next week for a dinner at the Mansion House to honor the work of the City of London's civic institutions and livery companies. So, this is a huge tradition that dates back to 1689. It is the marker of the king and queen's first visit to the city of London, which the Brits call the historic square mile, in their coronation year. So it has to happen within that first year of them being officially on the throne from that coronation date. But there were two major moments that happened. First, Charles addressed the fountain pen. I want to play that clip of him from his speech.
2: The British sense of humor is well-renowned. It is not what we do. It is who we are. And our ability to laugh at ourselves is one of our great national characteristics. Just as well you may say so, uh, given some of the vicissitudes I have faced with frustratingly failing fountain pens this year.
0: (laughs) Okay. First of all, that's a hard thing to say. Frustratingly failing fountain pens. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> say that 10 times twice. Yeah. He also needs a calm sleep story, by the way. Yeah. But this speech was very serious in tone. He was talking about the major problems facing the UK, like climate change, global unrest, and so much more, but included this brief nod to the healing power of humor. And I think it just makes me think of him, these glimmers of... His emotional ability to kind of be accessible is so wonderful about Charles, and And I want to give him credit for that. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I think him and Camilla both, it sounds like from what we've just learned and read over the years of this podcast, too, like they both have the ability to laugh at themselves, which is so important. It is. It goes such
0: a long way in terms of how we feel about them being Americans across the pond, of course, <laughs> non-tax-paying citizens. Yeah. <laughs> OK, the second headline moment is that the queen, I'm saying this, frosted herself. Do you remember that movie? 20- oh, God. Yes. Wait, What? It's, I was going to say 27 Dresses. It's not that. What is it with Andy um, and Matthew um, McConaughey? How to Lose a Guy in 10 How days. to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Rom-com knowledge. The queen. Camilla, of course, frosted herself in the former Queen Elizabeth II's jewelry, more specifically, the Girls of Great Britain and Ireland tiara. I love the name of this tiara. I just have
1: to say that. The Girls of Great Britain and Ireland.
0: I know, and it was a gift from them to Queen Mary. In 1893, they raised funds to give her this gift in honor of her wedding when she was still the Duchess of York. Then Queen Mary gave it to her then-granddaughter, Princess Elizabeth, on her wedding day in 1947 to Prince Philip. It was so beloved by the late Queen Elizabeth. She called it granny's tiara and wore it numerous times throughout her 70-year reign. I thought it was interesting because One thing about the tiara, just to add a little jewelry history here, is that the tiara was actually originally topped with pearls, but Queen Mary had those replaced diamonds, but the original pearls from the Girls of Great Britain and Ireland tiara are now what adorned the Lover's Not tiara that Kate Mm. and Diana love. So anyways. Oh my gosh, those giant teardrop pearls, yes. But oh my gosh, this got such a reaction, Roberta. Was it too soon? What did you think seeing this atop Camilla's head?
1: I mean not too soon because it's been over a year since the queen passed away and I think to have you this is the thing is I don't like that people get upset because they want these jewels like locked away. Like yes. I just hate, I hate the idea that that we won't get to see them. I, I agree. would love for the royals to wear jewelry more like we had that great Kate jewelry debate. I would love to see more of them so I think It annoys me that people are getting upset about this, and I I think Camilla deserves this at this point, truly. I know. I think it's really exciting. I feel the
0: same way that, you know, we know that she has an affinity for jewels, and I love that she is wearing them out and about. She also added the necklace and bracelet that were gifted to Queen Elizabeth II on her 21st birthday in South Africa. This was the moment where she made that infamous speech, dedicating herself to a lifetime of service. And I just think we could also nod to the poignancy here, Camilla at a significant event, is wearing two really historic heirlooms. So I don't know. I I found it to be really exciting, and I'm curious how much more of the royal jewel box we'll get to see.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really touching, especially I think what I like most is when Camilla's wearing the Queen Mother's jewelry because I think we know Charles had such an affinity for his grandmother and was so close to her, almost maybe even more close to her than he was his own mother and father. And so I really think that he probably – finds a lot of joy in Camilla rewearing those pieces, especially. But when we see Queen Elizabeth II's pieces, I think we're all reminded of her legacy and the photos. You know, a lot of the pieces writing about this resurface the photos of Queen Elizabeth. And it's such a – it's a joy to see that for us royal watchers who, you know, I still feel like her death is kind of raw. Like, I know. Even though it was over a year, it's just – it's good to be reminded of it And her.
0: maybe that's where the complaints lie is just when those side-by-sides – pop up. But I I think that's unfair at this point.
1: All right. Our next little bit of royal news. Princess Eugenie appeared on UK TV personality Kate Thornton's White Wine Question Time podcast this week. I name. mean, that name. It's amazing. The premise is actually that there are three thought-provoking questions posed to the interviewee over three glasses of white wine, which sounds like a blast. I would love to join Kate Thornton on this podcast. It sounds so fun. So very relatable recording. There's a pause for baby Ernie who's running around outside. Eugenie gets up from her chair to go get him. There's crying in the background. That's very obviously Ernie because it's Eugenie kind of, you know, it's it's really it's it's hilarious. She was but squeezing wanted, it in. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk about the highlights, though. There's a few quotes I'll read and then play a clip. But the first quote I loved was from Eugenie about Queen Elizabeth II. So the first of those three thought-provoking questions is about the women in Eugenie's life. So there's all these incredible women, mentors, you know, inspiration. So the... Kate Thornton asks about her, specifically the queen, her grandmother, and Eugenie says she was just one of the best people in the world. Her sense of duty, her dedication, her love of her people, it happened in public and in private with us. We learned how to do things from her as well, how to talk to people, how to stay strong and dutiful and kind. When she died, I said that to people. God, how lucky I am to have part of her in me. And she kind of gets a little choked up. It was really, really sweet to hear her talk about Queen Elizabeth especially interesting to hear her talk about Princess Beatrice, her sister. This was really funny. She said, she's my big sissy. She's a legend. And she's really annoying when she wants to be. I'm really annoying to her back. But we love each other. We're the best of friends.
0: Love the sibling dynamic mentions. I know. I
1: feel so hooked in by that. She, re- she also reiterated this quote that she had read from Time magazine where she said, your children come too late. Your parents leave too early. Your siblings are there the whole time. And I thought, gosh, I need to text that's my brother so right I'm sure now. Too. I just me wanted too. to go text
0: him because I'm just like, I Ugh. know, that's so true. Gosh, it I need is. to sit with that and frame it reminder. on my wall too. Yeah. yeah.
1: I love this insight too about the James Bond skit we got at the Olympics. She, Eugenie revealed nobody in the royal family knew about it. It was a total surprise for them as well, which I thought how fun that must have been to see. Also, kind words about Camilla. She spoke about how important it is to have a consort that's there. And obviously, we know Queen Camilla that's not her title, but she is that support system for Charles. And she mentioned Charles and she kind of was alluding to Philip as well. And it it was nice to hear that from Eugenie. And then that she got starstruck about meeting people. She said most people she meets, she gets starstruck over, but especially Tia Mowry from Sister Sister. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. I did religiously watch that show growing up. So maybe Eugenie Was in that camp. That's so funny. She's a '90s child at heart. Like she said that that's like her nostalgia for the '90s has like really grown recently. So I love that. This clip I wanted to play is about her Instagram. She kind of this was made a lot of headlines, but I really liked it. She's talking about that video that we kind of reposted to Royally Obsessed podcast Instagram, but about the videographer Andrew. She mentioned so. Here's that clip. I do my own Instagram, and I find it the most stressful thing in the world
2: yeah oh my god i get so nervous before i post i have to text about five people ask them if it's okay have i got spelling mistakes am i going to get trolled <laughs> um and with that really? my andrew rang me the week before and was like do you want me to put together a video for you and i was like yes i don't want to have to look at like i don't want to ah, i don't know what to do and you know we, we he put it together with for me and,
0: and, and i posted it and it just it's made me so happy looking at that again <laughs>
1: it's it's honestly it's joyous if anybody watches that and doesn't show their teeth by way of a huge smile then then they probably need to go and find some time with a doctor <laughs> it's just joyous <laughs> yeah it is and the song that's our, that was our first dance um you you've got the love and it's because when we were first started dating so Jack and
2: I've been together 13 years he we used to sing you've got the love not you've got the love anyway <laughs> Nobody he knows does. that.
0: That's a real big nugget. <laughs>
2: you got the love.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. But I love the fact that you've got somebody to make your wedding video, even though your wedding was on the telly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, the back bits, you know, the bits when you're getting ready and all those stuff oh, you want to remember. Those gorgeous moments. Okay, so relatable. She also goes on to say she texts about five people before she ever posts anything. She's really worried about grammar mistakes. Do you ever text anyone to check your Instagram posts before? You I mean, I feel posts? like I text you. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I was thinking. Too. I felt like us at the coronation together.
0: Gosh, that was just like a perfect storm of us being like, is this OK? Is that OK? Do and I mean, besides to besides, okay, besides me. you, besides you. Yes. I text my friend Anna probably a lot of the time with those types of questions. I have also been feeling a little bit weird about my personal Instagram lately. Like I feel like how much to share, how little to share. Like I have been a little offline lately because I can't figure it out.
1: No, the hard thing for me is captions. I always run captions by people, especially Dave. And he's like, always like, no, that's so silly. And I posted it.
0: (laughs) Matt, when I ask him for caption advice, he's like, if say we went to a play, he'd be like, you should just write at the play or like at the theater. <laughs> like he really Literally. doesn't he's not inventive with that and we are I think the pressure also comes from us both being writers too. Yeah. Like we
1: totally. and editors and that stuff. So. Totally. And it's so worth listening to the whole podcast with Eugenie White Wine Question Time. It was such a good episode. So many tidbits I couldn't include here. You can hear Ernie in the background. So, I wanted to call out to so she went on to kind of promote her new season of Floodlight, which is Eugenie's own pod about modern slavery that just started back up. And we had a listener, Carmen, our own royally obsessed listener, write in just to say that she just listened to it. Such a great cause, very enlightening. She's using her voice with passion and purpose. So glad and impressed she's taken it on. So Carmen recommends listening to Floodlight. Royals on the airwaves. Like
0: I really feel like podcasts are the space for these voices. I, I love the intimacy always
1: and I want more of it. Yes, to hear from their own mouth. Like that's why memoirs are so important. And that's why podcasts are so important. We also had another royal. Esque podcast mentioned. I can't wait to talk about this. I just want to (laughs) say. I know. I know. Well, first, I have to shout out how much I love the person who revealed behind the scenes tidbits about that Paddington sketch from the Platinum Jubilee in June of 2022. So, actor and comedian Simon Farnaby, who starred in the skit with the Queen, he's the butler in that skit, he went on the Richard Herring pod and I have to say before we get into it, Simon, I am such a huge fan from the British Ghosts, which if you, have, you haven't you have watched it Well, yet, I was going to you... say,
0: you told me to watch it like last year. And when oh, I saw so this good. note in our rundown, I was like, oh my gosh, Roberta, I failed you. And I am going to add it to the top of my list again. Because I was like, how did I forget to do this? You were singing its praises last year.
1: It's so good. And now the new season's out, but only in the UK. And the US has a version of it, which is, I heard, good, but not as good. So I'm going to re- watch that as well. But So Simon Farnaby goes on. He's hilarious he talks about the skit he said that the palace actually told him you do not discuss this at all you don't discuss the director you don't discuss what happened this is the queen's thing he said he's going out on a limb and discussing it now i have questions about that we'll get there so this part of the pod he's talking about the part in the video the skit where paddington says i keep my sandwich here and the queen replies so do I. I keep mine in here. And Britta, she has her you are hired, person. by the way. I mean, I've listened to it so many times. All right, here is that section of the pod.
2: And the director would come in, Adam, lovely guy, and go, um, uh, Mom, um, could you just be a bit gentler on that? And she'd be so sweet. She'd go, I'm so sorry. Yes, of course. Of course, yes. And then, and then you know, action. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> And then he'd go, no, do, like, it's not like you're talking to your grandchildren. And she goes, oh, of course. I don't, I'm so sorry. And, uh, and so do I. And then eventually, like I was saying to him, I was saying, give up. You just stop because we're not, not going to get it. And he was going, no, I think just a couple more. And eventually, I think she just got tired and just went, so do I. And it was really sweet. So yeah. It was lovely. And then everyone was relieved. And then I needlessly just went up and went, mom, that was fantastic. And she went, oh, thank you. Um... And uh, I went, you're a very good actress. And she went, well, of course, I do it all the time. <laughs> right? And I went, oh. You mean like um, playing the part of the queen? You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and she went, uh, I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I lost all my confidence, you know. Because I thought she was giving me this scoop, like, yeah, yeah. like it's a part, you know, like a role. And I went, oh. And I said, uh, she went, beg your pardon? And went, Oh, I mean, like, like it's, it's a role, isn't it? The Queen, and yeah. you, you play it. And she went, no, you, I, you know I am the Queen. <laughs> right. And I went, and I went, um, and I went uh, yeah, and you went, they're all... Paddington's not real, he's not real, and they're, and they're actors, but, but I am the, I'm the Queen. I <laughs> went, no, I know, I know, I thought you were saying... And she went, she went no, I, me- I meant at Christmas, at Christmas when, I, when I do my speeches... Um, but then it's all written down, you see, and now I have to remember it. And I find it quite hard. I and mean, yeah. yeah, OK. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my conversation.
0: Roberta, this is just I was making lunch and listening to this. And I the joy that it brought to my whole day, my whole week. It is hilarious.
1: It's hysterical, especially just the insight into her humor, humor, the reminder of her humor. And yeah, that she's like, you know, I'm not an actress, right? I am the queen. <laughs> It just cracks me up. <laughs>
0: but what are the rules of sharing? That was my question for you. Will Simon get in trouble for this or no?
1: I mean, he says he's like, people told me not to talk about it. But I think what, at this like, point, is OK. He kind of said it's fine now. I don't know. I just that. want
0: more anecdotes about the Queen. Sure I agree. also loved his description of how Paddington is forever synonymous with the Queen now because of the timing yeah. of this airing and then her... Uh, passing away a few months later, but just like her, his impression of the marmalade sandwiches piling up at Buckingham Palace as an homage, and he was like, "They said don't do that, but yeah, it's Britain. You do what feels right." I just e- everyone should go listen to the whole thing because that wasn't even the whole thing. It's it's amazing. Have I told you that Finn is now into Paddington? By the way, we've started to oh, really oh. do that. Yeah, we got the the chapter book series and we read it, and it's I'm slowly trying to uh, use it as my pressure
1: that he will love british culture <laughs> i think i actually think that this comedian simon Farnaby is like a producer co-producer co-writer of paddington so he that's why the movie kind of right God. yes the movie the, movies. the, the okay. movie series there's the like movie series. series. yes i and love I think them a all third coming and out he was
0: something? in the movie though wasn't he yeah he, he was he a was, security yeah. guard or something yeah, yeah. So, so good i just yeah. yeah i love anything to do with insights about the queen
1: It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. All right, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, our highs and lows. My low is this family guy swipe at the Sussexes. It's a little more all-in-good fun than those South Park clips that aired like a year ago or so, but I'll play the clip and you can decide.
2: Your millions from Netflix for no one knows what. Put it with the rest of them.
1: Babe! Time to do our daily $250,000 sponsored Instagram post for Del Taco.
2: I shouldn't have left the made up nonsense.
1: So, you know, the joke about Instagrams, like it sort of falls flat, as Steph Pettit pointed out, and people just because they don't have a public Instagram account yet. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like another jabber swipe. Them. Yeah, yeah. Unnecessary.
0: My low is this. It's actually King Charles' low, if I'm being honest. <laughs> he shared at a Buckingham Palace reception last week to, sh- to thank those that helped behind the scenes of the coronation. Apparently, he mentioned to a parking attendant that was on deck for the coronation concert that his one regret is that he wishes he sat closer to the stage or brought binoculars. This just made me laugh so hard because I feel like we said this verbatim the entire time we were there. He was so far away. They were like little specks in in view of the stage. Like, I feel disappointed for him because he could have been rocking out to Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, right next to the stage. Poor Charles. (laughs) It confirms what we thought all along, though, that their seats were not that good. They
1: were too far. No, they were too far. And they
0: had the spotlights on them the whole time as well. So it was like just kind of this crazy thing.
1: Yeah. All right. My high this week is Kelly Rowland revealed what it was like meeting Meghan Markle for the first time ever. They met, reminder, at the Renaissance Tour Beyonce concert. And Hello Magazine asked Kelly what it was like at an event in Brooklyn And she said, it was my first time meeting her. It was just nice being there with other great women, being able to simply talk. I don't know what people expect to see or to know, but she just felt very cool and very down to earth. She's warm. She was royal before she was in that family. She said to hello. I think that we are royalty before anything and we have to hold ourselves in that regard as humans, as people. I love that. That's so fun. (laughs)
0: My high was this kind of leaked information that Kate was spotted touring Marlborough College. Obviously, her alma mater, Kate, Pippa, and James, and Eugenie all went there. Do you think this is a contender for George? Does that mean that it is? It has to be, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the argument for it, if they choose it, is that it is a co-ed school versus Eaton. And so that means that Charlotte and Louis could also join George, and that would keep the siblings together. So I I like that. I did also get confused, but George does need to declare where he's going by the end of this school year, it sounds like, because at least Eaton's rules, even though he doesn't start attending until he's 13, you have to declare it in the school year that you turn 10. So very that's fascinating. So we should know early. very soon. Yeah. I
1: know that's so, so early. What if you change your mind? <laughs> I know. It also makes me think of like kind of the scathing reviews of Eaton that Harry gave in spare of like, I don't know. It just seemed like a really tough time for him. Not maybe William as much, although we don't know. It's just a tough time for them in general. But yeah, just thought of that. And he's growing Kate up too fast. Else. Yeah. And Kate wants him to go to the school she went. We can see that. All right, just a reminder before we close, please, please, please like and subscribe. Give us a royal rating. We would love five stars wherever you listen. This review is from Royal Enthusiast who writes, well-prepared and fun. Nice job giving an American perspective on royal watching. Also, please send us your thoughts in an email, info at gallerypodcasts.com. We love hearing from our listeners. And until next week, God save the pod.